1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an NFT episode about NFTs. I mean, it's very interesting this whole uh, world that we're moving into. And if you stick around for the Patreon portion, if you're a subscriber over there at Patreon.com/slash Dangerous World Podcast, I get into a very interesting speech from the Davos or Davos, however you want to pronounce it. I say Davos. But the uh, World Economic Forum, there's a very interesting speech that I came across uh, actually very recently. And it's gaslighting on another level. It's fear porn on another level. It is so many things. And uh, glossing over the fact that it's an atheist talking about, you know, creating a new heaven and a new hell and all these things. It is dark. Um he compares human beings to rats he compares uh, a lot of things to a lot of things that just shouldn't be compared from a quote intellectual um this guy's an author he's a israeli he's a he's a he's an interesting dude so um i hope to see you over there because i read the entire speech and i break it down it's a 20 minute long speech uh, i read it in my to my best ability and I give my thoughts and then uh, I break it down the same way that I came across it. I heard the speech first, um, actually heard of the man first w- without knowing anything about him, went and read the speech, watched the speech, read the speech again, watched the speech again. And then I read it to uh, the Patreon subscribers and gave my thoughts throughout. And then I did some research on the guy. And and brought that forward too, and that's where I found out he's an atheist, even though he's talking about God and hell and heaven and all these things. Um, scary stuff going on over there at the World Economic Forum. Shout out Klaus Schwab, I know you're listening, buddy. But uh, yeah, man, uh, just had a, had Christmas. This is the first episode after Christmas, one of the last ones of the year, and I hope that it uh, you know teaches you something. I brought on Ryan Hogue, and if you're a YouTube subscriber you know, which is free, you may have seen this one, you know, we did the visual part of this. And uh, so that's what you're going to hear here. But, uh, you know, I hope that you'll listen to it anyway, because, uh, you know, I, I do get a lot of uh, traffic from the podcast feed. Not enough over YouTube, not enough at Patreon. But, you know, uh, as long as I can bring some new information, that's, that's always fun. And I'm working on an episode about the Pilgrim Society which I think is going to be hopefully enlightening to a lot of you guys. Uh, I will be honest. I hadn't heard of the Pilgrim Society, but I heard about them. Realized that they are, if not at the top of the pyramid, they're, they're quite high up. I just bought a Jim Mars book about secret societies, uh, listing tons of secret societies, and the Pilgrim Society is not in there. So um, be I'd be interested if any of you all have a, Secret Society book that talks about the Pilgrims Society, not the Pilgrims, but the Pilgrims Society based out of the the uh, Great Britain. Right. So uh, we're going to be talking about that. And hopefully I have a really cool guest coming on that will be the episode directly after this. So I'll, uh, you know, I don't know how I would let you guys know other than just when we start it, it'll be her. You know, she's a phenomenal mind very very profoundly weird theories that she has and when i say weird you know i love weird i'm not saying weird in a negative connotation at all this woman is brilliant brilliant and um i'm excited to, to hopefully share that with you so gonna finish the year strong like i promised and then rolling into 2022 even uh even stronger hopefully so uh it'd be cool guys if we could finish the year with 120 patreon subscribers at 112 now i just need eight not going to miss it patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast and of course dangerous world store.com get your t-shirts get your hoodies get your stickers whatever you need over there if you want to support the show in that way that's great too so I don't want to make this intro too long episode with Ryan Hogue he's a great great dude very nice I think I'm the only podcast that he's been on which I'm honored because the guy's extremely smart he's got a YouTube channel that's like YouTube goals right there he's got a massive YouTube channel massive for me at least. Uh, he's not in the M's yet, but he sure got some some freaking numbers over there. And what he does is he teaches you if you're interested in how to make money in the digital realm, doesn't have to be NFTs. We just talk about NFTs for this particular episode. But he does like Amazon selling. If you have your own website and you're selling, let's say, T-shirts like I do, he, he teaches you the most efficient ways to not only design T-shirts, if you're going through a third party. But getting them out, uh, shipping advice, all kinds of things that you need to know. He's got a, a, a large following, like I said. So check out Ryan Hogue, Passive Income on YouTube. Uh, you'll see him on my Instagram every once in a while, too. So, uh, guys, let's get into this one, man. This is fun. I hope that uh, if you have already seen this on YouTube, you'll at least give me the uh, the listen here for a little bit. And uh, if nothing else, head over to Patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast. Plugging in and heavy. OK, I want to finish out one twenty this year. That's a goal. I'm seeing it. It's on my vision board. I don't have a vision board. I think those are bullshit, but it's in my mental vision board. So thank you. And we'll do one more to probably two more episodes before the end of the year. And then uh, Happy New Year's to everybody. So enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to walk into the weird world of NFTs and the metaverse and all this crazy stuff, man. And as soon as I wanted to do an episode about this, there's this guy that I met a while ago. We talked about DARPA back when Brandon was on the show, Ryan Hogue, and he is not only super deep into all this stuff, he's a fellow truther, he's an entrepreneur, and he helps try to educate people on how to make passive income and make uh i mean just make make money in the digital world man because a lot more people are starting to get pushed into their homes and it's very very uh it's a weird time uh, for anyone trying to you know make their own money so ryan what's going on dude yo man it's been too long i'm glad
0: you asked me to be back on the podcast man it was great talking with you guys um about darpa and all that good stuff man and this isn't too far removed from our previous conversation so i'm excited heck yeah also Yo, let me shout out to, you told me to shout it out uh, for anybody that maybe had to like leave their jobs due to mandates or whatever reason uh, recently, you know, check out my YouTube channel. It's uh, Ryan Hogue, passive income. Maybe you can throw a link in the description or something. Absolutely. And uh, you know, tons of free content. I usually do daily videos, just talking about like ways to make money online and not all of them really even require like you putting money in uh, So it's pretty much like a lot of it's like harmless ways of like generating income that, you know, you can scale up and make
1: a living, you know, doing as well like I do. So, yeah, dude, you know, it's interesting because I used to think that those that I mean, obviously, it is very difficult selling on Amazon and doing all these kinds of different things. But, you know, I've never had any luck with it, dude. I've tried it a little bit. And actually, it's funny that we're talking about this today. I had a major, major mishap with my Coinbase wallet and Oof. it's getting it's getting resolved. Um, but like 400 bucks, which is a lot to me, uh, was missing for a short amount of time. It was terrifying. It really, uh, I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that's scary, dude. And people need to learn how to interact with the digital world. I was thinking the other day at Walmart, man, people that don't even understand what crypto is at all are going to be fucked in like five years. <laughs>
0: Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll say two things. Like, it's funny you said the the issue with Coinbase because like just yesterday, I have a second YouTube channel where I talk about like, uh, you know, investing kind of stuff. Whatever I want to talk about. It's a smaller channel than my, my main one. And I just dropped a video on like, just the need to know about like spoofed emails that try to screw you over by stealing your logins. Um, the importance of like two-factor authentication. And then also there's like a, I forget what they call it, like an anti-phishing phrase that you can set where basically like anytime you get emails from a platform like a cryptocurrency um exchange or something they'll put like the phrase in the email so that you know it's real as opposed to like somebody who just uh gets your email address somehow and sends you a fake one like wouldn't know so there's a lot of you know yeah it's tough man it's it's getting tougher and tougher the divide between people that have that technical mind versus you know everybody else is like it's getting wider and wider so yeah just got to be got to be safe yeah th- the second I, thing i was going to say bro real quick yeah. is uh Dude, with crypto, man, they're building like these layer two solutions, which without getting like too involved into like what that means, it's kind of like how like, you know, when 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 like the cash was backed by gold, you could say that like cash was a layer two solution. And then instead of like people carrying cash, they built the credit card network, which is like a layer two solution, because at that point we weren't backed by gold anymore. But if we were, it'd be like a layer three solution. Right. So it's like you're going to have to transact with gold. Now you can transact with cash, which are debt notes. Right. I owe you this much gold. Uh, before we were off the gold standard. And then after that, it's like, swipe your credit card. And it's like the digital IOU between the banks. And they'll they'll get that resolved um, later, you know? It's incredibly
1: interesting, especially when you realize... I, I actually want to talk about like a basic level economic stuff with you at some point, because maybe even right now, since we're starting off, but it's, it's very interesting when you realize that, I think, what is it, like 10% of the cash that is in people's bank accounts is actually real cash. Everything's digital. I mean, there's not enough real cash in the world if everyone wanted to pull their money out at the same time i mean that's that's not a possibility so that's very interesting and i'm are you concerned at all with the climate in the united states and the world economy just you know how things are going right now dude the supply chain all that good stuff yeah man i mean
0: you know you said it right and it's not even 10 percent. it's definitely lower than that for sure i I was being generous right yeah you're being generous (laughs) if you uh um like yo you know what like kind of brought me to the dark side over 10 years ago was watching a, a documentary called zeitgeist have you ever heard of that oh
1: dude it is incredible the first one is is really good
0: yeah that's what got to me man that kind of like opened my brain to that like next gear of like oh what's really going on in the world you know and um even though it's an old documentary man if y'all you know have time check it out and they talk about fractional reserve banking in that the documentary so that kind of you know it's like some people watch that and it's just like in one ear out the other, but like that stuck with me forever. I couldn't like unlearn that concept of like, you know, they, they gave the gold to the banks and the banks started to realize like, Hey, like, you know, nobody's coming to get the gold really. And they're trading these like paper slips back and forth of like the IOUs for the gold. And they realized they could just uh, issue more of those slips, you know? And, uh, even to this day, it's kind of funny. Cause like, yeah, number one, we think of cash now the cash isn't there. If we all went and did a bank run, like it wouldn't work. And um, there's even something called like bank holidays, by the way, where it's like they just close down altogether at the same time. There's like weird things, man. I'm not like a true expert on it, but I definitely study it in my spare time. But um, yeah, I was going to say that like even to this day, like we're talking about gold, like precious metal markets are artificially suppressed big time by people like JP Morgan. And it's only possible because they issue, you know, I don't even know the actual number. It's probably like 100 to one or more slips representing physical gold per one ounce. You know what I mean? So it's like you have one ounce of physical gold. They'll issue like a hundred of these, like, you know, theoretical uh, paper, they call it the paper trade. Right. And then they can artificially suppress or inflate uh, pricing through, you know, financial markets and the financial instruments that allow them to do that, you know,
1: options and whatever. They're all just like the derivatives market, man. It's, it's huge. And it's incredibly complex and it's not, Sexy information to learn, you know what I mean? Like this is stuff that, like, you know, when you learn about economics and what is it like the the von Mises Institute and all these weird, weird things where it's like, dude, like none of this is is fun to learn about. Like, in my opinion, NFTs, I th- I think it's very interesting to learn about, dude. I was like, you know, I did a, a Patreon a while ago where I was kind of clowning on people that were excited about it because it seems goofy, it seems very, very weird. Even like the the Videos where you have the guys were like, why screenshotting an NFT doesn't matter? And it's like, well, I get that for sure, because you you mm-hmm. have the ownership, but you can still show people the picture of this bored ape or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, do you would we be jumping the gun if we kind of gave our opinions right away about NFTs?
0: Bro, we can jump the gun, man, and then I'll elaborate. Um, but I'm with you. I'm in the same camp as you. Uh, but that doesn't mean that like the concept of NFT, which stands for non fungible token it doesn't mean that it doesn't have its place in the future or even like right now, you know, it's still conceptually like makes a lot of sense with where things are headed. Uh, you know, the, in, the internet's been a part of like everybody's lives for a long time now. It's not like, you know, we're saying anything bold by saying that it will continue to be a part of our lives and things will continue to get digitized. And like we were just talking about, man, you don't trade gold anymore. Like you literally like you trade paper gold on a console you know, and it's like, we're so far removed from even a hundred years ago, how life used to be. You know, I was just listening just before this, man, I was working out and did a, listening to a podcast, uh, the confessionals podcast, which is not really conspiracy. It's just like, they people call in and like share cool stories, man. A lot of it's like paranormal. It was a podcast. Shout about out Tony like,
1: Merkel, dude. Shout yeah, him Tony out. Merkel, dude He's
0: sick. Yeah, dude. And it was like about like a gold, gold heist, basically, basically like how, like a, a story from a hundred or 200 years ago, basically some people like ran away with some gold and these people found it. And the FBI comes and takes all of it, dude. Like, of course, of course, that's how it ends. But it's like just thinking about back in the day when that initial gold found its way into that mountain buried um, as far as like 17 feet underground. It's like, dude, they were doing that because like back then they didn't have the internet to trade a derivative, like to trade some representation of the gold. They actually had to move the gold, you know? Very interesting. It's, It's crazy, bro. Or like, dude, real quick, like the I think it was like France that sent a warship to, the, to New York to collect their gold because this was back after uh, Bretton Woods Agreement where basically the United States became the world reserve currency and it would be backed by gold. But then people started realizing the United States was pr- like pr- devaluing their gold to print more currency. And like literally France sent a warship and was like, give us our gold because they were like, you guys are screwing us over big time. You know what I mean? Because the United States could, could say gold is worth $100 an ounce. And they could just be like, gold's worth $50 an ounce. And we just doubled our cash supply.
1: You know, that's to kind go of what buy oil things. is right now, right? Wouldn't you agree that oil has is, is kind of taken the, the the position of gold? It kind of has in the sense
0: that like that's what you know, as the world reserve currency, like, you know, you gain that status from people using your dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh people are using the dollars, you know, the petrodollar, right? They use it to, to buy oil from like the Saudis. I think so we- it's giving that you that utility, right? And creating demand for dollars. But now it's actually become a little bit of a problem, man. I know we don't want to make this a finance podcast. we got to have some fun with it,
1: like. Well, dude, I, kind of I think it's interesting too. and it's so important right now. You know what I mean? Obviously we're talking about this, this NFT stuff, but it's interesting that, you know, all that stuff and that you're throwing it out so quick because it's, did you go to school for any of this stuff or or how did you learn all that? Just self-taught
0: dude, as soon as I left my job in like, uh, February, 2020, um, I just like really deep dove into this shit. <laughs> like that's really all it was, man. Like I, I worked, worked as like a web developer and a teacher, uh, left my job before it was cool to leave your job. You know what I mean? Um, and I was teaching web development. I actually just left my job over the, uh, the jab mandate. So I'm, I'm, I'm with everybody else that had to do that. But, um, I was cultivating all these like side income streams, you know, um, just kind of having fun with it too. You know, I kind of like learned to love it. Uh, And then when you make the money, like the passive income, you got to figure out what to do with it. So I, I watch a lot of, uh, just like all day, just kind of listening to smart people talk about, well, I listen to a lot of conspiracy, but it's not like the conspiracy culture is not far removed at all whatsoever from like. Money markets, right? Because like, there's a lot of truth in money. And the conspiracy is another word for really the truth community, right? And they end up going hand in hand a lot. I know people like me that watch a lot of the same people, like the big names on YouTube, these people end up having the same kind of like fringe conversations about like the reality of the world, you know, They, they turn into what people would consider conspiracy channels before you know it
1: well yeah dude. when you're talking about money i mean that that's the biggest conspiracy of all i mean like the the federal reserve banking system and all this stuff and and you know we're talking about our uh, money being backed by petro it's the petrodollar in my opinion it's the gun dollar man or the military dollar i think that's the mm-hmm. only thing keeping our u.s dollar up where it's at right now and this is kind of something that's widely understood by a lot of people but it's very interesting dude but uh to get back into nfts like we were saying um Seems like there's something goofy going on with it. But as I was looking more and more into it, it does seem like it's got a potential to make a lot of people a lot of money. And it doesn't feel as much like a scam to me. But I want you to break it down the way that you understand it. Because if people are forced into their homes, like we're saying, what a great way to make some money, dude, just selling digital art. You know what I mean? (laughs) it It seems like this is being kind of like laid up. You know, to to make it so that yeah, everyone's forced inside, but you know what? They don't care. Because instead of like flexing a big house that they have, they're showing all their digital world. I saw Snoop Dogg just got into the the digital realm, dude. That's mind-blowing to me. I have this video that I can show. Uh, if you talk for a minute, I can pull it up. It is really, sure. really interesting because he's got like his own world going i think it's called the snoop burst or some shit like that it's just very it's very interesting dude but yeah go for it. it's a cash grab right now man but absolutely um, it's the wild west yeah like
0: here's the thing right like i'll try to keep my responses not too long but i do want to just touch on like you know it's right now it's it feels like a lot like a cash grab you know what i mean it's kind of like the wild west when people heard there was gold and people went out there and they might have said yeah i'm moving out here to start a life but in reality they were hoping that they would get rich right away right they didn't necessarily like care if they were going to stay out west right right now it's kind of like hey snoop dogg's going to launch a project on this blockchain and hopefully people care and pump the you know pump the bags really quickly but like again man call it what it is you and me are realists i think like it's people speculating that when they buy something they will be able to sell it to somebody else for more later on that's what it is um the utility behind these things, conceptually behind NFTs in general, is rock solid. It has a place in the future of all of our lives. Right now, there's an accessibility issue where it's tough. Okay, there it is. You want to, you want to show? No, go go ahead and finish your thought, bro. I'm just saying, like, no, nah, just show this and then I'll I'll go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> people listening to the podcast version this there's a bunch of like 3d minecraft looking things dancing there's a Raiders logo I'm sure the the Raiders love having that in there. <laughs> Snoop's lawyers will be hearing from them soon
1: yeah building a
0: virtual version of his real life I mean dude come on now I, I know that you you have a social life that you're not like a loser, right? Like, does this look fun to you? Because like, <laughs> I, as somebody who has talked to girls before and uh, you know actually done things with my life, like this doesn't look fun. This looks
1: lame, like lame as hell. It's goofy, but at the same time, if people are trapped inside, right? I think that this this COVID stuff is going to be very interesting because I think that this will directly play off of the the COVID world, right? And- do you think it?
0: Do you believe in coincidences?
1: absolutely uh to an extent but not like this not the COVID right right stuff, that right. all of this stuff just coincided perfectly you know what i mean well i mean we all know about operation lockstep dude you right. know what i mean Do so they? i hope everybody
0: listening does if you don't like please go back it's like at this point what 10 years old 11 years old go read it
1: yeah it's the rockefeller lockstep. The, yeah the rockefeller system and, and basically we're following it to a t and you know, for people that don't know, Zuckerberg and Bill Gates are following the Rockefeller Foundation's models and how they're doing things. So, but the whole the whole meaning of this post was some dude paid four hundred fifty thousand dollars to be Snoop Dogg's neighbor in the metaverse. So, I mean, this is like real real prices that people are paying to live in a in a fake world. So, there's something dark about it dude it's it's but dude we also need to
0: mention one thing this is the thing that like when i talk
1: about people or with people about
0: like the concept of metaverse man like this is where i think i'm kind of unique in that like i have a i'm pretty well versed in a lot of shit because i just study man it's interesting to me Mm -hmm. and i have a technical background so i kind of get like at at the core of like what's going on and like we just watched like a flashy post of like what looks like a video game that could have been released 20 years ago right? minecraft nintendo yeah you know, so it's like if we just hit the reset button in our brain, like what what did we really just see? You know, what I mean, we saw an ad for something that's pretty fucking lame, if you ask me. Like, I don't care what anybody says. It's not like w- would you rather go to a Snoop Dogg concert or put on a VR headset and go in that shit? Like, you'd rather go to a concert every time.
1: So, dude, I'm glad he said that. Actually, go ahead.
0: I was just gonna say, man, like this concept of metaverse, dude. Like, I think 99. percent don't get it. Like, let me just clear it up for you. Like, a metaverse is just any attempt at creating the digital equivalent of three-dimensional space in real life. And it doesn't need to be three-dimensional. it could be two-dimensional, right? Do you get what I'm saying though? It's, it's just like the world of Warcraft, but the world of Warcraft in its current state is like, it's not built on the blockchain. So we can't like change the world of Warcraft, right? Like we know that the same NPC. Uh, robots are going to be there every time. And when you talk to them, they're going to say the same shit, right? Like we can't change the environment. Whereas like what they've done is they've just basically taken it a step further. And they've said like, okay, here are the the pliable things that you can change in this world, including like, you can own a piece of land. Now, what does that really mean? Like behind the scenes, man, this is all ones and zeros. It's all digital, right? But they're putting a a GUI, right? A graphical user interface to make it look nice which is all anything we ever look at online is, right? Like web pages, games, et cetera, but behind the scenes, it's the same shit. And uh, instead of like a central database where a central controller can exist, it's the decentralized model on the blockchain so that when you issue a non-fungible token representing your ownership of that plot of land in the metaverse, right? Like you actually own it, right? And you can transfer it to somebody else. And, but like in, in theory behind the scenes, what's actually going on is like conceptually it all makes a lot of sense if you're a fan of decentralized stuff and it's not that hard to execute. But I did just want to mention one last thing too, before I forget, like there's not the metaverse. This is why I'm struggling to get excited about the concept of NFTs. Cause like all of these, um, blockchains, right. They're, they're different blockchains for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know, like we talk about the metaverse, but there's not the metaverse, man. There's like Decentraland is a big one. There's another one called like Axie infinity. Um, you're looking at one called earth two, right. And I'm sure this will be its own, but like, these are independent of each other yeah like what i'm thinking if there's ever going to be mass adoption which you know look no further than fedbook right like facebook who can set or coincidentally right the day after they ended uh project lifelog with the cia facebook gets incorporated you know what i mean do you believe in coincidences wink wink like wake up and these are going to be the guys leading the charge into what's going to probably be the actual metaverse right Not just like what we call the metaverse, but it's Snoop Dogg's bullshit one that nobody's going to care about in two months.
1: Snoop. Yeah, it's a fad. Like you said, it's cash grab. So, I mean, like he's a businessman. He's not a gangster anymore. He's been doing (laughs) business with Martha Stewart and all these things. But um yeah man it it is you brought up a lot of good points right there and yeah this this earth2.io is all about that digital land stuff i mean it's really weird how you can go and buy digital land in my opinion i don't but bro we can do this that's what I, the point i was trying to make
0: is that we can do this it's yeah. it's as valid and relevant as we make it through our marketing efforts
1: well, and and I mean, you were mentioning things like The Sims. There was a little fad for a while where like these simulated reality games were huge back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I was a big fan of this game called Zeus and you build a, a Greek city and it was so dope, dude. Like you worship all the gods and build temples to the gods. It was, it was kind online? of interesting. What's that? Was it online? No, no, it was just a PC game. It was just something super basic, but it was fun, man. And that's, that's what you're talking about right there. That could be considered it's, the metaverse. Bro, it's the evolution, right? So go from that
0: to single player offline. Then all of a sudden it's like Diablo 2, you right? We all see the same map, the same landscape, the same NPCs saying the same shit, but we can see each other now, right? So we take it a step further. And then hmm. from there, it's like, let's go one more step further and say that you can, you know, quote unquote own because right. What does it really mean to own, right? This is where that concept of like that square of land in that metaverse, you know, when I I'm using the buzzwords here, but I'm really trying to like demystify it. So we're all on the same page of what we're actually saying, right? You know, we're saying that that piece of land can be yours and being yours again is another whole rule set that they create, right? That like, can you build on it? Like, what does that mean to build, right? Like you, they program all that in, they still, we still operate within the constraints of what's possible in that world, right? In that digital world. But the the concept of non-fungible tokens allows somebody to take ownership of, you know, whatever it means to own that piece of digital land. And like, yo, NFTs, man, they have their place for sure. Like conceptually, they make a lot of sense. But what I'm just trying to warn everybody about is like, if you're thinking of this as a a speculative uh, cash grab, like just do your research. And like, my recommendation would be like, find the blockchains or metaverses, whatever, however you want to, you know, angle this find the ones with the most users because you know what I mean? Like, cause ultimately like that's, what's making them relevant is people, uh, you know, adopting them. Right. Like, yeah, that's really
1: what it is. Just like anything else. It's a numbers game. The more people you're exposed to, the more people you may grab whatever you're putting down, you know um, you, you brought up the concert idea and like the virtual concerts. And I, I wanted to jump in on that, but you were on a roll, dude. So like this Travis Scott thing, right. That, in my opinion, was to try to push for more virtual concerts. But I thought that I don't think it worked very well because you have like what seventy thousand plus people, and like eight people died. Man, like it sucks. It's horrible. But like Michael Jackson concerts, more people have died at Uh, Beatles concerts. I mean, there's there's been high amounts of death. Guns and Roses, a bunch of people died at one of their shows. Um, Thinking about the numbers, I mean the 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 vaccine is more dangerous than this concert and they're making it seem like yeah. this damn this damn concert was like the concert from hell and i don't know what you think about that if, if you thought that was some sort of push because he's big into the metaverse he was doing that Fortnite concert right um yeah. i don't know dude it seems like there's something there there was something that they tried to put down there that not enough people really latched on to because no one's talking about it anymore did the, the news
0: cycle definitely moves quick man that was one of those things i couldn't well i, I don't want to come at things from like Like certain events in our life, like without naming them, I'll give you the wink, wink, like definitely seem to have been pre-planned, right? Like certain big events. um, Certain numbers and things. Yeah, yeah. Certain ones, big ones. um, Because you could make such a strong case that there was foreknowledge, right? So even if you don't want to believe it's planned, you can't avoid the facts that there was incredible amounts of coincidences leading up to them, right? Um, But then there's like the the, the, uh, Travis Scott concert. And it's like, man, I don't know if it was something like pre-planned part of an agenda, or what but for sure they're going to use it and mold it to further any agenda that they have like that was a weird one though bro because like i i deep dove that for like two or three days just trying to figure out what the fuck was going on because the eight if you went and like actually looked at the firsthand account of people that were there like a lot of them said man it was more than eight people so i kept wondering really? why they kept saying eight like yeah but i, I don't know i don't know like well, it's so i hard love because we're hearing stories through computer screens like who the fuck knows you know
1: Absolutely. Well, I love the numerological aspect to all these things. And eight is very interesting when it comes to money. It's a a number of wealth. They say if you're trying to sell things uh, for t shirts or anything or, or like, let's just say it's a t shirt selling them for eight dollars or seventeen dollars being the one plus seven equals eight or twenty six dollars two plus six equaling eight 35 44 53 things when you take the two single numbers and they add up to eight right and if you looked at his concert set there was eight pillars of flames shooting up so there was all kinds of eights everywhere with that Dude,
0: it ties to the pearl jam thing where eight people died like and he basically like something to do with the logo of uh, Astro world had something to do with the pearl jam. Uh, logo where they had eight people die and then also man just i'm i'm not the gematria guy right there's a great guy on uh his, his name's like hubbard i forget his first zach hubbard on youtube and he does like gematria, look up gematria effect news is he related he to l-ron huh is he i know right right l-ron hubbard um, dude oh shit someone's calling me once all right turned off the phone uh yo okay. but this is the thing right this was the thing that popped into my mind too i didn't hear this anywhere right but when uh, the astral world thing was going crazy did it not dawn on anybody but like I'm sure other people figure this out that like Astro world took place in Houston days after the Houston Astros played in the world series. So Astro world in Houston days after days after the Houston Astros played in the world series, like anybody else? Like that's a well, pretty crazy synchronicity, man. Like
1: you're, you're talking about freaking, uh, uh, what was it? Um, the big event. We'll just say it nine yeah. 11. That's what we were talking about a second ago. Right. And, you had the Yankees in the World Series the year that that whole thing went down, too. If I'm not mistaken, they were playing the Diamondbacks, right? So when a lot of these teams get to the World Series, and someone else brought that up a while ago on on one of my shows, Colorado Dank. I'll shout him out. He's all into this very, very interesting symbolism when it comes to that. But, yeah, dude, you have a lot of of those kinds of coincidences. And when it comes to that day, too, with Travis Scott's concert, he's dating... Uh uh what's her name? Kylie. One of the jenners. Yeah. Yeah, Kylie. Yeah, they all kind of look the same at this point. But yeah, Demon's Kylie <laughs> is the one he's dating. And a lot of people think that they're witches. And the uh the mother, Chris, it was her 66th birthday that day. So that's fucking interesting too, man. You got you got coincidence after coincidence. Could have been some sort of sacrificial thing. Uh, there's all kinds of lawsuits pending right now. I don't think much is gonna come from it. Uh haven't Bro, really been listen- following it if anybody that's listening
0: wants to dig deeper, the best one that I found like with theories is there's a guy named Isaac Weishop. Yeah, I know yeah. it's a weird name to spell, but like he has a, a podcast and he's on Instagram and like, he has written quite a few books, one of which he had to like pull down because it was a little too close to the truth. And he really studies kind of like the ritualistic aspects of spell casting. You know what I mean? Magicians magic. I know that sound that, like, dude, like probably five years ago we both would hear this shit and be like yeah this is ridiculous yeah but now it's like man this stuff hits way too close to home man to real life like because he draws the parallels between what was happening at the concert if you know what to look for all of this stuff is extremely well documented throughout human history right like but it's like where can you go that really puts it all together well this dude knows his he knows his shit man he sure does does some good short podcasts that you can listen to probably like an hour you know what i mean and he just draws the parallels for you. you. Make up your own mind, you know, but yeah, that was a really interesting event.
1: Yeah, did he uh, he's he's very good. There's a lot of people that are doing that, but I would say he's probably the best at it. Just kind of making it very concise. He's very like he's very I hate using the word hip, but he's always like using the he's he's very current with what he's talking about. So it's fascinating. And and my my listeners and the people that I interact with, they don't think this is crazy at all. Um, if someone stumbles upon this video, they might think like, oh, these guys believe in magic. And it's not right. magic like pulling a rabbit out of a hat. It's literally putting, getting enough people to think about something that thought creates some sort of energy. And then that, that may manifest. It may not. There's obviously a lot more to it than that, but uh, yeah, dude, it's, it's very interesting, man. We're all over the place, dude. I dude, like real this. quick, real quick. I yeah. love what you just said, man. And that's like one of those things that I think about all the
0: time. And it's like, even if you don't want to believe it because you can't prove it, like just keep in mind, man, everybody listening, the uh, double slit experiment where like, uh, man, I'm going to do a bad job explaining it, but basically like what manifests as what we consider to be like physical reality, uh, at the lowest level that we can measure, like they basically are those, those small atomic particles, man, subatomic particles, they vibrate in and out of this realm. They like literally their existence fluctuates and they, they proved in the double slit experiment, which can be replicated at any point in time, anywhere in the world right now, that if you have a conscious observer observing it, the waveform collapses but in the absence of a conscious observer it hits like everywhere possible like it expands to every state possible you know what i mean so it, it, the whole point of me sharing and doing a really bad job sharing that is that like there is significance in being whatever it means to be a conscious observer like that's kind of how we define the uh the observer in that experiment but like there's definitely something to us being alive being conscious and i truly i mean like man you know they call it the secret or whatever the power of belief but like if you actually, yeah, here you got the double slit experiment on, um, on Wikipedia, but basically, yeah, they beamed electrons through a, um, basically like a, some, piece of, I don't know if it's a piece of paper, but basically something that they had two slits cut out and they realized if there's no conscious observer, it goes through both slits and creates an interference pattern. And if in the presence of a conscious observer, the waveform collapses and it only hits one.
1: Wow. Okay. So we
0: are significant, basically, you know what I mean? Like, we know that. And there's other there's dude, there's way more experiments like that that are like, you know what I mean? No one would we'd call that a conspiracy theorist until you realize that this is like national governments funding these experiments to, like, kind of figure out what's going on in this world that we share.
1: You know, It, it goes
0: way deeper than this, man. They realize that you don't have to be physically present. You can literally think about it on the other side of the world and influence the experiment.
1: Let me show you this really quick, dude, because this is really interesting. This guy that I've talked with quite a bit, his name is Robert Weed or Ron Weed, Ron Robert Gavina Weed. He talks about some interesting stuff. Look at this. This is a sigil of Lucifer right here. Okay. And this is how light enters your eyes. Right. So the right visual field coming from like the left and right eye and the left Mm -hmm. visual field coming from both eyes too. So look at that symbol. And then, look at how it would tie into this sigil of Lucifer and light coming into your eye. Lucifer's the light bearer right right It's the same damn thing, dude, so it's it, this is the kind of stuff that's that esoteric stuff it's the right the knowledge that whether you believe in it in it or not, not you, Ryan, but like just anyone listening, whether they believe in it, it's these people that are very elite seem to believe in it. that's why i always say I say the same thing about Christianity or religion it doesn't matter if you believe in the devil it seems that these elites not only believe in the devil but try to manifest something i mean look at cern dude cern they have shiva the destroyer right outside and right, they do weird no little yeah and why they do they do uh ritual
0: ceremonies man. yeah yeah that's man. you want to know a crazy thing dude i don't know how we can prove this but i saw somebody post it and like it's right out there in your face the the q shaman Bro was like the main dancer at one of those, uh, CERN uh, events. He was the main guy in the, in the whatever you want to call it, performance dressed like a goat, dressed like, you know, Baphomet, B- B- Baphomet, right? Is that his
1: name? Baphomet. Yeah. Wearing the same, same outfit. Not the same outfit, but
0: like, I don't know. I might be mis- mixing the two, but like, it, dude, it looks exactly like him. If it's not him, then it's, it's his stunt double. You know what I mean? And this was before January 6th. Let's see if I
1: can find it. I'll send it. you the video, bro. I'll send you the video.
0: Um
1: Yeah, that's fascinating.
0: Yeah. I mean it's it's something random, and I don't know that there was ever any attempt to make it anything deeper than it is, because it also could have just not been true, but it certainly looked like it.
1: Well, there um, were some interesting things with that whole January 6th thing too, since we're talking about rituals a little bit. Like the the woman that died, this um her name is slipping my mind. I I can't believe that it is. Uh, because I'm so tired of hearing her name. Um the The woman that got shot. Do you remember her name, Ryan? The guy, the, or the lady Ashley that got, Babbitt? I think. Yes, Ashley Babbitt. I'm sorry, I forgot that. I don't know how I remember that. By the way, like I don't
0: follow too much like two party paradigm, like political. You're stuff, deep in the queue, dude. Her. Don't
1: lie. You're a cute, You're a QAnon.
0: I, s- I swear, I I don't know. I'm not. I know, uh, but <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I just sent you the video, curious. by the way. Oh, you did. Yeah. Also, dude, if you want to, like, I don't know how long we're gonna go, but if we want to rope this back to NFTs, I do have like a cool slant on the NFT stuff of like that is kind of conspiratorial, but at the same time, also kind of like the logical outcome of all of this, you know, if you don't want to be a coincidence, theorist, um, there's for sure some darker uh, potential here. Okay. Should we watch this video? Is it, is it a long one? I guess just like find the part where, you know, you can do it on your side and share when, uh, when you find him, but it certainly looks like him, man, like doing a dance outside of CERN. Did you shoot it to me on email? I sent it to you on Instagram. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, dude, I'm going to yeah. check this out right now, but yeah, dude. All right, then the- uh, yo, I'm going to go off on the, uh, so we're talking NFTs, right? Yeah. And again, guys, think of NFTs for what they are. Like, you know, we think of them in like the, the, the GUI, the graphical user interface representation, which could be like some shitty art or a piece of land in the metaverse, but it's the same thing behind the scenes, right? It's, it's on a blockchain. It's decentralized. You have a non-fungible token. No one can steal from you. There's no central controller that can confiscate it from you. It is yours. Okay. That's why NFTs are cool, but they can also absolutely be weaponized and it's not NFTs being weaponized and it's not like a board ape yacht club is going to come kill you. Right. It's not that shit. It's the technology, man. It has the, just like previous technology in the past, it can be used for good. It can be used for bad. And when I say bad, I'm really always pretty much talking about central planning, central controllers, people with the potential to ruin our lives, man. Like, you know what I mean? They want to run everything. Uh It may not be to kill us. It may just be to turn us into little like matrix batteries, right. In those little pods, um, whatever it is. But there's something called, well, the concept I wanted to share is this concept of the potential that they want to tokenize human life, that human life basically is the next thing to be digitized, tokenized, monetized, traded, etc. cetera. Like it's the next frontier. Like it is their vision of the future of commerce. It's, it's, not just human life, because that has like more of a morbid um, way of saying it, but like human productivity, human potential. And the way they do this, it doesn't even necessarily require a metaverse because as we shift everything in our lives to digital, like they're basically making real life, like our experiences into a metaverse by digitizing everything. The next step is that, you know, somebody, if I had to guess, Microsoft creates a blockchain Or, you know, in partnership with the US government, but I don't know if anybody's been paying attention, but like these large corporations basically either act on behalf of or are the new government, right? Unelected, public-private partnership, whatever, whatever. There's infinite loopholes that exist so that they have infinite pull, you know, over our lives, basically. Companies valued at like 2 to $3 trillion. And what is a dollar even? At that point, it's like you have infinite money. Is it um,
1: corporatism or fascism to you? Would, I mean, because one, obviously, corporatism is the government works to help the corp- the corporations and fascism is more the corporations working to help the government. Do you think it's a combination?
0: Dude, I think it's going to be some weird amalgamation of like both where I, I think of it as the technocracy, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, big tech permeates our lives in ways that we don't even understand. And we become reliant on it. So we can't like not have it around us. And this is going to ultimately, because the trade-off is always going to be, oh yeah, you know, they need this from me now, but I can't imagine life without it. So, okay, they can have it. It's just like that, the frog boil, little by little, we get sucked in and um, there's something called the 2045 project. So, if you guys don't believe me that this is part of the vision for the future, even though it's kind of obvious if you just think about it, like the 2045 project, it's an initiative as a nonprofit organization. They aim to develop a network of... And community of researchers in the field of life extension, focusing on combining brain emulation and robotics to create forms of cyborgs like basically, they're aiming to extend human life through downloading consciousness to machine form and then basically have because you know what what is really like death right it's our physical body crapping out and they want to basically replace that with cyborgs and allow consciousness to, you know, prevail through death. And. You know, that's kind of like, I guess, a positive spin until you realize that there's no chance in hell that me and you, Ryan, are part of the plan to have that. Right,
1: Like, dude, I would love for you to talk with this guy that I talk with a lot, Colorado Dank, about this topic. Um, We're going to talk about Krampus on Sunday because um, he he's the guy that's very, very into taking the symbols and all this stuff. He's real. He's a religious dude. He's a Christian. But he will get into that dirty stuff, too. He'll get into the weird like, it, like stuff that most like pastors and preachers and stuff won't touch. But he is very, very knowledgeable when it comes to this digital afterlife that they're trying to create. With the And he believes that the vaccines have a massive part of that because the graphene oxide that's in these things probably so, just got us kicked off YouTube. But uh, my bad. I forgot that I was putting this on YouTube. It's fine. <laughs> we'll just go. We'll part. go for it um i'm sure that my channel is not going to last that long anyway but yeah so that thing that i mentioned um the hardest material known to man as far as i know um it would take an elephant standing on top of a pencil in order to break a sheet of this stuff so all of that weight focused on this tiny pinpoint and those things are in the uh what do we call them the the stab the uh the hit we'll call it Um, w- these things are in there, man. And they're, they're shaped like tiny little razor blades and they go through and they do their work on your red blood. So, so it's interesting. Very interesting. Dude, dude, the last time I was on your
0: podcast, man, like you don't understand the, I, like, it would have been a t- terrible episode if you just let me go on a rant about it. But like, I had studied so much and this was back before, like people were talking about it, even in like the truth community or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, um, the same guy though, who I just sent you that, that had the QAnon shaman, you know, dancing at CERN. I found his that channel, part
1: too, but go ahead roll
0: back, man. And like his channel, he was like on the, the cutting edge. And this dude is like a f- smart as fuck. Like, I forget what his like job was before he got, you know, got kicked out, but uh, like a physicist or something like he's super, super sharp. Like I'm an idiot compared to him. And he was the one that didn't set out with like a preconceived hypothesis that he wanted to prove. He set out with what the fuck's going on. And then he would just peel a little bit more back. And he's, he actually put together, he's got a video. His name's Plasma on BitChute, man. Like, you want to plug him, like, he, he's got good stuff out there. And talks about, like, this is the thing. Everybody needs to put aside, like, all of your biases. If you can just be objective, he shows how it is possible that they could be, like, I'm not saying they are. And then we're on YouTube here. So, of course, it's not actually happening. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, Assembling, like, nanocomputers inside of us. And, like, dude, guys, do not listen to, I mean, I'm talking to your audience here. Of course, don't listen to the news. Don't Google things, duck, duck, go them and do a little research. Like look up hydrogel, not nano, uh, whatever, look up hydrogel. That's what they call it. All right. Like what was possible in like 2010 before 2010, even that they publicly disclosed at the nano scale. Now think it's, remember it's 2021 now about to be 2022. Like I, I have no clue even how to imagine what's possible other than that. Like these nanocomputers have existed for well over a decade. If we knew about it publicly, then that means well over a decade, right? Prior to that, most sure. likely. And um, yeah, it's for sure possible. It was really all I was trying to say, but it's not just me saying it as a talking head on YouTube. It's that the actual like underlying tech, the R&D has been done and it's out there. So you don't need to take me at my word. You can go figure it out. Like,
1: No, I'm right there with you, dude. It's, it's fascinating what's going on. And I think that these things all play off of each other. Um, You know, it, it, as you go deeper and deeper down the conspiracy rabbit holes, you'll realize that it's all one big plan. Uh The chemtrails, the thing that we were just talking about, these massive false flags that take our freedoms away, they all lead to one thing. Lockstep, they all lead into one thing, right? It's so- all interwoven, dude.
0: And like what you were kind of saying, too, with the guy you're talking about with Krampus, bro, it's like what blows my mind is the – I guess it's harder to quantify and – you could say like prove or whatever, but it's not that hard to imagine like the parallels between like the Bible and religion, dude. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you get into the truth community and like if you have the time and you have it in you to like, kind of like really explore these things and try to be objective and not let your biases kind of make you want to believe something that may or may not actually be there. Like a lot of the shit that you can actually prove like is there Uh, it, like it's very complementary to other things. It's kind of like almost an ecosystem where they're all working together in a grand conspiracy, and again, it parallels a lot to the stories that we've been told you know for millennia, for how long we've been here about you know religion dating back to like the Bible man, like even it's though yes, the Bible has been rewritten a bunch of times, we get it, but you know
1: the whole the whole theme, well, yeah, and you were talking about zeitgeist earlier, that's what's very interesting is they borrow this this story of Jesus um from Ra and from all these other you know sun gods and things. It's crazy, dude. And, and I wonder, to try and tie it back a little bit, I wonder how NFTs play into the one grand conspiracy, right? I mean, do you have any ideas on this?
0: Dude, it's kind of like what I was saying where I think the, the vision of the future um, from the central controllers uh, is, is going to be, and it's not even far-fetched, man. It's that the potential to control every living human on earth, the human capital, number one, it must be like quantified, right? And that's possible through digitizing us. And when I say digitizing, it doesn't necessarily mean like, like downloading consciousness and living forever. It means that, think about what most humans do for a living now. I mean, most probably don't, but a lot of them more and more sit at a computer and we click a mouse and a keyboard all day, right? So it's like our our real life existence is being translated into like a digital existence that way. That's one way, right? And there's through all these like sensors. And last time I was on your podcast, I talked about the potential for what they're calling a global sensor grid. Where there's gonna be, I mean, I had a note here, it's something like one to ten trillion sensors around the earth. Wow. And sensors can collect anything. Remember, that can be like literally anything, right? It could be light impulses, sound, it could be in us checking our bloodstreams, like anything, right? It could be outside, whatever it is, right? Taking pictures. Um, but that's like something that I think
1: it was Dennis Bushnell,
0: who's uh chief of what was he like,
1: I forget what his. Well, you know, DARPA is going to have something major to do with this. And this is what we talked it's about sure. last time.
0: But they're out there out there. It's like it's not even a conspiracy. Like this, Dennis Bushnell said this. Right. And he is the NASA rep to the National Intelligence Co- Council. OK, so this is like one of the highest up there dudes that you can take him at his word when he says something. He says nanosensors are becoming smaller and increasingly cheaper. Quote, the Pentagon tells me in five to 10 years. So this would put us in like 2022 to 2028 from when he gave the speech. Uh, 10 to a hundred trillion sensors will be networked around the planet. Okay. And like every time you have a sensor, the data it collects is useless unless you can transmit the data, right. And then get it into the mainframe where you can have these, you know, big data crunching quantum computers, whatever, do something with it. And ultimately, like if they want to get the, to the singularity, you know what I mean? To like the ultimate form of AI that pretty much makes humans obsolete as soon as it actually happens, if it ever does. You know you'll never get there without big data inputs, so this global sensor grid has the potential to collect enough information to make that a possibility. but how do you get there? You need really uh fast short range wireless connections to these sensors
1: aka you know where I'm going with this uh are we should we say it five g bro yeah, we said it. Oh yeah. I thought, I thought we were talking about graphing. My bad, dude. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Oh. Well, and then well, that's another already, thing. That's another plugging into the sensor concept. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're already talking about uh 6g, you know what I mean? And, and there is, did you see that document Uh, where, you know, the, the NIH is admitting that uh, the CVID word would have some kind of relation to 5g. Did you see that yet?
0: I've seen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this was a conspiracy theory a while ago, man, and now it is fact it's admitted by the gatekeepers of of health right it's well, there's so, a strong correlation between yeah, like worse uh symptoms of the cervea
0: sickness and your relative uh location physical location to like five g infrastructure yeah
1: well, it started over it started over there in the uh, area where this whole disaster that shut down twenty twenty and we're still dealing with. It start, I, they, they started testing out 5G supposedly over there in that city next to that lab, right? So it's very interesting, man. There's a lot here, dude. Um, dude, uh, I, I, I was
0: going to say one thing too, man. Like these 5G phones, like, so this is something that I kind of learned recently because I had obviously, like, I mean, I study this stuff. I have an open mind and I kind of like want the facts, right? Yeah. So, you know, I hear conspiracy, but then I hear facts and I'm always like willing to write down the facts and kind of process them. Like, dude, 5G it's short range wireless, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know how like we think of 5G, what do we think? We think faster data transmission, but like faster data transmission means that the like waveform of the uh, wireless signal, it, it's just, it goes up and down faster, right? Like, you know what I mean? It completes the waveform faster. And in order for that to happen, like kind of the the more, my understanding is like the more data it can transmit, the shorter the actual like emission can be. Yes. Right. So, you know, that's why like if they are going to like whatever outer space, uh, you can, you know, you can't do like a 5G connection. It's going to get weaker and weaker, but like what they envision with the global sensor grid and they want real-time data collection on everybody and everything. Yeah. So there you go. The EMF wave are like 5G is going to be short range, higher frequency, which we know is worse for humans. I've never heard anybody argue the opposite, by the way. Yeah. Um, Like this is all a part of it, but dude, I was thinking to myself, how in the world are they going to roll this infrastructure out They They can't have 5G towers every uh hundred yards or whatever it ends up being
1: i know how they're gonna do it dude they're gonna have every single this is the internet of things the computer has a, a wi-fi signal the speaker has some sort of wi-fi or bluetooth signal my cup my refrigerator dude, my washing they're machine. already doing
0: it it's these fucking phones man it's the i can't see it when i p- pick my phone up in the Zoom. <laughs> but uh, yo it's the phones and it's not a, it's not a conspiracy it's actually like it, they call it a mesh network and if you've got a iphone on verizon like you have already most likely Uh, you're a part of that 5G, like mesh network infrastructure. And like, if you actually get like an EMF wave detector and put it next to your phone, like, dude, it's going to be emitting crazy high levels. So it's one of these things where like, yo, y'all got to look out for your health. Because if there's one thing that, if if you disagree with everything that I've said so far, there's one thing we can all agree on is that the people in charge don't give a shit about your health or mine. And they're not going to tell you that that the uh, electromagnetic like radiation coming off your phone is bad for you. Right. So you need to yeah. look out for yourself, like straight up you like, follow, uh, that Sparrow? Shit next to you at night and stuff.
1: You follow Sparrow, Sparrow gear, the clothing. Dude, I'm, I'm wearing one of his sweatshirts. I put it on for this interview. Are you really, dude? Yeah, no, he's awesome. He talks about that stuff. You might have seen it from his stuff, where he'll he'll have an EMF reader next to his phone. And then he turns he turns it on airplane mode and that radioactivity is gone. You know what I mean? Which is interesting. I wonder if it's completely gone or if it's some different kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the silver line clothing seems to really do something and, and it helps, you know, he did the same thing with a modem in his house. You know, he had the modem going, put a sheet of copper at the time over the modem and it cut the radioactivity going. So, so right now, I mean, there's radioactivity all around us right now, uh, in my home, in your home, everywhere. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what that's going to leave well, for just, us as, as like you said, our health, but you know, something bad's going to happen. Just everybody needs to just remember that like,
0: the end, like, I, I guess it like helps to be like an entrepreneur because when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of like understand like whatever your goal is, you, that's the goal, right? So whatever, like in between like that goal being true and where you are, you just reverse engineer and you make it happen, right? Mm-hmm. So like these motherfuckers with their plan, whoever it is, like their goal is complete utter control in every of a- every aspect of our lives, for sure. Why would it not be? That's been the goal of every dictator ever in human history, Right. And like, it's never been this feasible that we know of where you truly can like own everybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like they already kind of enslave us through the monetary system, but it's going to get even worse because the monetary system is going to go digital through the, um, the, the fed coin. Right. And they'll be able to like algorithmically police all of us in real time, our ability to transact what interest rates we get when we save, which can go negative, like all that shit. But beyond that, it's like. We won't be able to open our fucking fridge if they don't want us to be able to, because yeah. the fridge will be connected to the 5G mesh network and they'll say, Oh, your social credit score. This isn't far fetched at all whatsoever. This is absolutely feasible right now with technology that already exists, you know? And they'll lock you out of your own fucking fridge. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's absolutely possible with what's coming and the entire infrastructure. Like, do you ever wonder why the 5G propaganda was like honestly COVID level? Like it was on the, it was on par with Cerveza sickness. Yeah. It was like that level of propaganda. Why? It was priming us for the last like better part of a decade. Why? Nobody ever asked for that shit. And it doesn't mean that five G won't be great, but like, there's also it's a double edged sword. Clearly, yeah. why was it so strong? It's because it's an inevitability. It's they can't function. Their vision of the future for us will not
1: function without it.
0: They need the short range wireless connections for the global sensor grid. So,
1: well, dude, you're talking about the uh, you're talking about the smart refrigerators. Have you heard of the smart toilets? I mean, those these are disgusting, <laughs> dude. What Have you that? heard of this? Like literally what it does it like scans your shit or your piss and it tells you like what you need more of or less of. Um so like based off of your movements, you'll be able to order certain food or you'll be able to buy certain food. This is like again, it sounds far-fetched, it sounds goofy, but it's very realistic like it actually said, makes with- sense. Until yeah. you remember the, that they don't want us healthy. So what the
0: fuck is it going to do? Tell us that we actually need to eat a salad. Of course, it's not going to do that. You know what I mean? It's going to tell you to get the next pill from Pfizer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly, dude. Yeah. It's not going to tell you that you need more magnesium or need, uh, you know, omega threes or whatever. It's going to yeah. say that, oh, it looks like you may have COVID based off of your bowel movement. Yeah. You're but, now in a 21 day lockdown, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. So, Laughing, I've been getting but... notifications every now and then asking if I want the, uh, to, to allow the permission for, uh, contact tracing and things like that. It's like, no, I'm good. You know, I know you guys are going to do it anyway. So I'll, I'll resist. But yeah, man, it's very interesting. You know, dude, I want to get you on, um, if you're free on Monday nights around 9 PM, uh, Eastern time, every Monday we do like a roundtable thing we just have like revolving guests. Some people just come in one time and then, you know, whatever, but usually about four or five of us. And we just talk open topics, you know, people talk, but you're you're good at talking, you can go and you can get on your rants. And it's good. So I mean, if you're <laughs> down, dude, your your uh, invite is there. It's with the Great Deception podcast. Uh, my buddy Matt runs that and he's the one that started this thing called Monday Night Master Debaters. And we have, uh, we have a good time just talking about whatever comes to mind, dude. So uh, your invites there, man. Dude, I appreciate that, man. I might have to take you up on that offer, at
0: least for a guest spot one week, man. That sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Well, you'll meet a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can just come on, see how you feel. You're welcome on any time. And uh, you can meet other podcasters. And I think that you should be on other shows, dude. You know, I don't know if you've been on many other podcasts, but um, you you have a lot to offer in this community, man. It's fun stuff. So uh, I don't know if you had any closing thoughts on NFTs, but if you do, uh, plug away with your, uh, with your hard work and uh, all the good work that you're up
0: to, dude. Dude, in summary, man, like, you know, there's going to be a, uh, like right now blockchain is like very like altruistic and innocent and fun and we're speculating, but like this technology will at some point be used against us. Uh, I'm not trying to be like a downer, you know, it just is what is. It doesn't mean we have to adopt it, but like there will be some centrally planned blockchain where we are NFTs. We are non-fungible tokens. We are tokenized. Um, You know what I mean? Like we will have a number assigned to us basically you know that gets equated to ones and zeros uh and then we are that token on that blockchain and we will be traded like human life or productivity however you want to view it it's going to be traded uh we talked about the 2045 project the last thought is you know everybody's probably heard of the microsoft 666 it's actually 060606 06, 06 patent um, isn't there a like 2020
1: there, in there as well right isn't it like uh, 0606062020
0: I didn't write the full thing down, but it is like sectioned in three parts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it all ties together, man. I'm sure there's more beyond, like, I only know what I know. Right. And I don't know what I don't know. So it's, it's that, that patent though, is uh, generating cryptocurrency, which don't think of cryptocurrency. It's not like they're going to pay you in Bitcoin, dude. Like it's going to be like when cash, you know, it went from gold to cash to a number in a, in a database that is a bank account. Right. So we would literally went from gold cash number in database that is a bank bank account. To the next step, which is going to be like a cryptocurrency on this blockchain that, trust me, will be centrally controlled or controllable. Again, it's not going to be, you know what I mean? There's always going to be that aspect to it. That's just what Mm -hmm. it is. And um, it doesn't have to be that way, but of course it will be. And, And then you've got the patent like Microsoft where they're literally trying to patent that they're going to like measure the human body performing tasks and think about how they do this at scale. Again, it ties right into what Dennis Bushnell was saying about the global sensor grid only possible through the 5G infrastructure existing, which is why there's been so much propaganda around it. They attach sensors. I mean, it says outright in the patent. I've got it written right here. I know we're wrapping up, but like, basically it just says like, you know, the server is able to detect that the action is performed because the body's got sensors and they'll be rewarded with a cryptocurrency system when it's been verified that they meet the conditions set by the cryptocurrency system. You know what I mean? This is all basically saying that it's going to be done at scale. They're turning us into little hamsters, man. Like, it. it, it I'm not trying to be you know, we, it's on us to not accept the shit, you know yeah. what I mean? Like as humans, but if there's one thing COVID taught
1: us too, is that a lot of people are fucking stupid too. So dude, you know, it's funny, you know, it's nice that you don't want to be negative, but you also do have to be realistic. And I think that's all that you're doing. You know what I mean? You're being realistic. People want like, you know, rainbows and unicorns all day and they don't want like truth. Like sometimes things aren't that pleasant and we need to know it before the time comes before it's too late. It seems like it's too late in Australia, man. I've been talking with a lot of Australians and it's very unfortunate what's going on. Um it seems like it's foreshadowing what can potentially happen here. Canada is right up there with Australia. A lot of similar situations. I talk with a lot of Canadians. Um dude, it's not it's not looking pretty, man, and people are so I mean, be honest, Ryan, do you get frustrated when like your your phone doesn't download something at the right speed or when like like something glitches out on your phone? Of course, man. Right. So, I mean, like that. And that's not like your fault. We've been very heavily programmed because I'm the same way. If like my, uh, you know, Hulu or whatever buffers, I get pissed off because I pay a lot of money for Internet, in my opinion. I think it's expensive. And I'm like, dude, why is this work not working like this? Or why is it taking so long to upload my episode or whatever? Um, this is how they're going to combat that. They're, they're telling you like, hey, if you just get 5G, if you just do this next thing, you're not going to have any problems with your technology. It's going to be seamless. And then you're getting introduced to the metaverse and the NFTs and all these other things where you won't have any problems if you just bend the knee and you just, you know, hop on board with, with this sinking ship. It's very interesting. So that's a good point that you brought up. Yeah, you said it, man. That You pretty much said it all. Scary stuff, dude. Well, yeah, let's plug your stuff. I, I know that we did it in the beginning, but uh, you're doing cool stuff, dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm on YouTube every day, putting out content, um, Ryan Hoag passive income. We will drop a link in the description and, uh, you know, check out my content, man. If y'all need, uh, if y'all, you know, I'm accessible via email too. And on like Facebook, of course I'm on all the shit that, you know, like, oh yeah, find me on Facebook. <laughs> I'm in the infrastructure. I'm in the system. Uh, you know, <laughs> y'all, y'all can message me, man. If y'all have any questions and I'm happy to like respond and you know, my stuff's growing like pretty big now I'm almost at a hundred K subscribers on YouTube. So my goal is really to help people make money though, like help, help people, like, not just like make money one time, but it's like basically creating systems. I call it planting seeds and, um, you know, just kind of leveraging like how things are right now with like everything being digital, you know, everybody shops online, just carving out a piece of the pie for yourself, not promising anybody gets rich, but like, you know, there's a lot of money to be made. You know I mean? I have a comfortable living doing it and that's really it. Like, it's all like actionable content too. It's like, Hey, do this, you know?
1: Good. And you tell people how to do it. Exactly, yeah.
0: I mean, I yeah. I I just want to help, man. You know what I mean? That's it, the pie is so big that we're not stepping on each other's toes here with the stuff yeah. that I talk about. I talk about selling on Amazon, Etsy, eBay, shit like that. So
1: Well, good, dude. I appreciate that. And we need more honest people in that field because there's a lot of snakes, dude, and I trust you for sure because you you have uh shown some things that that seem very promising. You're always down to talk, you seem very accessible. So, uh I appreciate all of that, and I appreciate the info that you give me, dude. I learned a lot here right now. So uh, thank you so much, dude. And yeah, we'll be in touch. You got to come on one of those Monday night master debaters and we'll have some fun, uh, you know, arguing about some different things and and presenting our cases with stuff. But Ryan Hogue, thank you very much. Uh, go check out his YouTube channel, which I will post in the description of the video. And uh, yeah, man, take care and be safe. Stay out of that metaverse, man. Thanks, bro. So are you in on the NFTs or out? I'll tell you right now, I am in the middle. I started off thinking that they were BS and now I'm like, uh, maybe, maybe the world's going to hell in a handbasket and we may need to work from the digital space. Obviously, the episode is out on YouTube at the YouTube channel Dangerous World Podcast. But if you want to listen to this very, very interesting speech from the Davos World Economic Forum 2020 conference head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast gonna break it down gonna get my analysis read the entire thing it's terrifying stuff see you over there